Friends Maestro here bringing you episode 521 of Maestro on the Mic. In today's episode, you're going to hear part four of Business and Bullshit with my bestie. That's the special four-part podcast episode series that I'm running with my business bestie, Jill Fit. And we're talking all things business and, you guessed it, bullshit. In today's episode, we are talking all things selling, asking for the sale. We had an absolute banger of a time recording this, and I hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, hey, DJ, give me that teaser. Horrendous. Horrendous. I promise you, you will absolutely regret taking someone in just because it's quote unquote money. What do you say to anyone that's like, I hate selling. What do you say? If you're in a sales situation as the potential buyer and you're feeling shame or guilt or coerced or someone's making you feel bad for not being so ready to purchase, run, run, y'all. That stuff doesn't even work anyway. Today's bullshit is I would love for you to tell us what happened the last time we rode our bikes to Venice. (laughs) I want you to emphasize the second part when I was a vigilante. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this is hilarious. podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro and you're about to give Maestro five. Three, two, one. Hello friends, Maestro and Jill Fit here, bringing you the fourth installation of our favorite episode series, Business and Bullshit with my bestie. I'm watching the screen right now and I'm like, this is why my screen grabs look crazy. Like, why am I the most animated person? (laughs) I look like a Muppet over here. Either way, welcome back to the show, folks. If you're listening to FitBizU, if you're listening to Maestro on the mic, if you're watching on the YouTube, you are in the right place. Like I said, this is the fourth installation installment, whatever you want to call it, of Business and Bullshit with my bestie. This is a special little four-part series that we're doing. Why? Because we can. First episode, we talked about doing the thing. Second episode, we talked about standing out in the space. Third episode, we talked about the nuts and bolts of online business. And today we are talking about selling. We got a banger of an episode in store. But first, I'm going to flip it on over to Jill for a little commercial. I love this because it feels like the news program, you know, like you welcome everybody and then you're like, let's hear what's going on with the traffic. So I'm the I'm the announcement person. So y'all, I'm excited. We did mention this. Um, I think we did mention this maybe on business and bullshit number two and probably number three as well. Uh, And I think it actually is going to be in the show notes for episode number three, but we decided that um, we're actually going to be doing an open house for people who may be interested in legacy. So we do have a wait list. You guys know we've been talking about that. If you are not on that interest list for legacy, which is our upcoming business container for intermediate plus business owners. We're going to be opening enrollment October 29th for those on the wait list. You can go to jillfitfree.com forward slash legacy dash wait list to get on the interest list. And if you're already there, great. 
maybe you want to hear us just chat a little bit more about legacy specifically. We're going to be doing that on Monday, October 30th in what we're calling the legacy open house. So we're not going to do a whole bunch of like education and, and webinar style stuff. We really want to get to know you guys and hear about what's going on with you and your business and really just honestly see if legacy is a good fit for you. So if you have questions or you want to run things by us, this would be a great place to do it. So you can go to jillfitfree.com launch 2024. That's jillfitfree.com forward slash launch 2024. Do you want to tell the people <laughs> back to you on the weather? <laughs> back to you, Bob. Oh, I forgot. That's your <laughs> that's your thing. That's my thing. Back to you, back Bob. To you, Bob. For those of you that don't what, know. Uh, do you want to tell the people about the open house yes, and why we decided to do it? I would love to do that. Uh, so we flipped it up a little bit, flipped the script a little bit this year. And traditionally, when we are launching Legacy, uh, like Jill said, we want to kind of get, get some, we want to corral the people. This is a little free business lesson because this is business and bullshit. When you're selling something, it's free to corral attention, corral the people, get the people that are interested in one spot, one space, and then you can talk to them and, and sell to them. This year, we wanted to add something. Traditionally, we've done it, we've sold through a wait list. And one of the things that you folks will learn as you move through business is that selling these more advanced programs and selling to more advanced users is actually easier than when you're selling to very, very beginners. So this is actually not some like super crazy launch for us, but this is our fourth round through. We do have a, a very solid, solid wait list going, but we were like, hey, let's do something else. Why not? Right? We know that the method that we've done is tried and true, and we will talk about this in Legacy as well, that you don't have to just change shit to change shit. If it's working, it's working. And then if you get to a place where you're like, I can predict things, there's certainty with this, but I want to add this and see what would happen, then you can, which is where we're at for round four. So this time we decided to do what Jill has, has named and called an open house. And the whole goal here is for people to, I'll say it, convince themselves, right? We're not looking to chase people and be like, oh, you have to join, it's the best, like, come, you must join this thing. We want to say, energy. hey, we have this thing that we know fucking works. We've put 60 plus, close to 70, I want to say at this point, people through it. We know that if you follow the curriculum, if you put in the work, you will get the results. We want to see, we want to present that information to you. And then we want you to see if you would be a good fit. So instead of doing one-on-one -on -one calls or things like that, we said, let's have an open house. People can come in. We'll talk about the structure of legacy. It's all on the sales page as well. But if you want to hear us talk about it, you want to see our energy even more, we'll talk about the structure of legacy. And then we'll give you a kind of 30,000 foot view breakdown, if you will, of the anatomy of a successful launch, because that is really what you're going to get in legacy. One of the things that makes this program stand out to me is that you're actually going to learn shit, plain and simple. This is not just like a purely like mindset, rah, rah, like you could do it kind of program. You will get strategy, you will get tactics. And we also want to expose you to that before the program, because some people are like, I don't want to do that. I don't like that. I don't think that that's what I want to do for my business. And that's fucking amazing. We want people that want to be there. We want people that we know we can help. So we are opening up or extending the offer to have uh, come join us on the 30th. It's you have to register so we know who the fuck is coming. Uh, but we're going to talk about what legacy is, break it down, go through the structure. And then you folks can ask us the questions and say, hey, this is where I'm at in my business. Do you think this would be a good fit? This is where I want to go. And if it's not a good fit, we'll tell you because we do that in the application process as well. Jill will probably at some point make fun of the application process. My side, my role in that where I got the papers all 
around everything on the table. <laughs> Y'all, she comes over to my house with a stack of paper. I'm like, we're not saving trees. What Listen, are we doing? With one this? time a year, Jill. But we, we, I have a massive coffee table. We spread it all out and we literally read line by line, line every single person's line application. Line. Um, and the application isn't super short. We want to know about your business and we really want to make sure it's a good fit. Uh, and we do turn certain people mm. away or we, we give them something else to do or give them some homework or another place to go if we don't, if we're not confident that we can help them. So when you guys, if you're thinking about coming to the open house, um, you don't have to repair anything. Don't be like, oh no, they're going to call on me and I'm going to be nervous and whatever. Literally just show up. That's it. You don't, we're not expecting anything from you. You don't have to repair anything. Uh, just come and listen. Even if you don't ever want to ask a question or whatever, like low barrier entry, uh, for everyone who signs up, we, we will send out the recording, but if, of course, if you want to speak to us directly on that call, you need to be live. So go ahead and check the link in the show notes. And I uh, can't wait to see you there. Amazing. Amazing. We'll circle back at the end of this episode. And that. that's going to be a week from when this drops. Oh, yeah. So if you're listening to this the day that it drops, it's the 23rd. It's going to be an actual a week from today. So podcasting world is so weird because you record things before things go out and then it's like in the future, but the past and you're like, it's happening at some point. <laughs> what do we say? <laughs> it's happening <laughs> at some point. Yeah. Speaking of happening at some point and it already happened at some point, episode three of this, we recorded in person, which was awesome. I haven't edited it yet because we're recording this before it comes out, but it was awesome. And we have heard all of you, you folks are like, do it, make this a show, make this a show. I'd still love some more affirmation if you want to send it our way, but, uh, we hear you. I'll leave it at that. We hear you. Cool. Feedback has been great so far. It's just phenomenal. Folks are just, it's been great. So also thank you for those of you that, uh, that did write in or dm everybody's been dm who shared it a lot of you guys have shared it on social too yeah, we really appreciate it it's really that. really cool so today we're going to talk about selling and i think i'm going to actually bookend this episode with we received two questions none of them to the google doc nobody submitted that way because jill told you to dm me so it's fine i got the dms and i'm good because i can i'm actually on the computer today but I'm going to bookend this episode with the questions and then we'll take the second one. I think it'll tie in well, but I think this makes sense to start off with, with everything that's going on and then we'll talk about selling, right? So question, she said, Chante, question for your pod with Jill. What encouragement can you offer to keep posting on consistently, to keep posting consistently on Instagram and doing all the things on brand while the world is crumbling around us? Mm. Serious question because I'm over here wrestling with myself every single day. Hey, go grab my free thing. Meanwhile, the real world is out there worlding. You know what I mean? The struggle is real. Mm. It really is real. And we're seeing, especially right now, I'd be interested in your take on this. I think you have a really good take on this. I have big uh, thoughts around this. So Jill and I have talked about this regarding other, back when racism happened in 2020, if you, you know what I'm talking about. I know that I I say it in jest, but like, that's when like, it like exploded, right? Like racism has been there, but like racism was a big thing in, in 2020. And Jill and I talked extensively about that. And showing up and what's kind of expected of influencers. And at the end of the day, number one, you are not required to comment on anything. You can share whatever you want. You have the opportunity to use your platform in a way that resonates with you, but there is no obligation to do that. And I sat with that for a while as a black person during all that. I was like, what the fuck do I got to say about it? Like, do I have an opinion here? And like, is someone expecting me to say something? So on, you didn't really ask this, but on this one, the one hand, 
there is not an obligation. There's an opportunity if you are educated on it. If not, there's do not feel like you need to like go and have this big opinion on things like th that is not there. OK, the same way that if you were in person, like you wouldn't just be like, I'm just going to go walk around yelling things like if you have an opinion, if, if it directly affects your affection anyway and you want to speak out, by all means, you use your platform always, not just when something is happening. You use your platform in the way that feels best for you. The second part of this is that when things get lifey and this is in any any like part of the spectrum. For me, my default is gratitude. If you need to take a step back and be like, I can't post, this just doesn't feel good. By all means, do that. Right? Your business is not fragile. Like You'll be okay. If you're like, I want to show up, what can I do? Well, one, you can ask people directly involved, like, what can I do? There's plenty of resources out there. And two, my default is always gratitude. So if I make the situation like a little bit more benign, I think it's a little bit easier to conceptualize this. One of the things that I know that I would feel guilty about is if I was walking around in the middle of the day and it's sunny outside, I would feel bad that there's other people at work. And I'm like, man, there's like people inside at their desk. Like they have to be at work. They don't want to be there. Like they're trying to work 18 jobs. And I feel really bad about that. And then I was like, but me just sitting here feeling guilty doesn't, change their situation. It doesn't help their situation. And for me, the best thing that I could do, the way that I felt like I could contribute was to express gratitude and to express gratitude for the things that I have and the, ability, the fact that I could be out, you know, walking in the middle of the day. So for me, the way that I keep showing up or the way that I, one, it's because I want to, I never feel forced to. And two, I will always default to gratitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, her question, it, it sounded like to me, it was around like, how can I energetically show up if I'm literally like, just sad, yeah. you know, or I'm angry, or I'm frustrated with what's going on in the world. And, you know, obviously, right now, we're, we're um, recording this during what's happening in Israel. But, you know, it could be anything, anything. school shooting, right? It, like, I mean, there's anything. like, there's an infinite number of things that can really hijack our mental emotional capacity. And all of that's valid, by the yep. way, any of that is if it hits you and you're like, well, it's, it's a small thing compared to, you know, I don't know that it really needs to be competitive. I don't think no. there has to be a competitiveness to like what's worse or, you know, ever, whatever you feel inside is valid. And so I think it's okay. Like Shantae said, and that was what I was going to add, which is take a break, you know, and be like, I just can't show up today. This feels forced. This yeah. feels... And if you're promoting your lead magnet or even if you have like, you can, that's the beautiful thing about having your own business. You can always change it, change the dates, change the timing. If it doesn't work for you because of what's happening in real time in the world, push, push it back. back a week. It's not going to make or break your business. That's the best thing about being able to have flexibility. And that's why you have your own business. Big time. I also will say this from a perspective of, let's just say you um, you know, you have a launch planned and you're like, I really need to make money because I didn't need to pay my bills. You know, one of the things I do think about is you can use your platform to talk about social issues or not. That's totally up to you. And, and again, I, I don't, we can get into like the performative mm -hmm. nature and, and yeah. all these kind of other things and the guilt and the shame and whatever. But I think about someone who works at Starbucks, they still go to work True. when things like this happen. So if your work is online and you have a launch plan because you need to make money to, to pay your bills, 
you still have to go to work, you know, yeah. like, so that's how I see it. If this Good is point. your job and it's 100% online, people still go to Target and they work their shift. People still go to Starbucks and work their shift. People still go to a corporate job and work their shift. The reason we question ours is because it's so front facing. And that's where sometimes I think that's totally. where the rub ends up being, totally. right? Because you would never question like, should I go to Target? And should, I, should I go to my shift at Starbucks? You would never, most people wouldn't yeah. question that. But we question yeah. the online stuff because it is so visual and so so visible, um, you know. And so I just, totally. I, you know, at the end of the day, you need to make yeah. money. So if you had a launch planned, I think it's okay probably to push through unless just from a mental, emotional yeah. standpoint, you don't have the bandwidth and you don't want yeah. to. And that's, of course, always in your, always in your uh, court. I've, I've been noticing people, how they, you know, show up. And I have someone uh, in my audience who I worked with for a bit, and she's just been really, really affected by this. And she's just been transparent with it. That's how she showed up. Not because she's like, I got to stay consistent. And here's my, here's my solution. She was right. just like, this is what I need in this moment, which is to share this online and to share my, how this is affecting me and to share what I'm going through, what I'm experiencing and what maybe you are experiencing. And, you know, here's my, my, here's my, here's what I'm offering. So how you use it, how you show up is up to you. And I love what Jill said there as well. If, if you need to take a break and you need to step back, then you step back. I, I am actually thinking Danny I was in the shower last night and watching stories as TV I just put it in the corner and Danny J popped up and she was like uh supposed to do a webinar three years ago what do you think I might do it today and I was like <laughs> love it I love it so life got real lifey real fucking lifey for Danny J mm -hmm. and her mom uh mm -hmm. they found a, a brain tumor and so she was supposed to do a webinar three years ago like as of yesterday and she was like, I realized why I didn't do it. My mom got diagnosed and then I had to, I dealt with That's life, Canceled everything. everything. Yep. And so three years later, here she is being like, hey, I still know this stuff. This stuff is still helpful. Do you want this stuff? Right? That is, like Jill said, the beauty of online business. You have that flexibility and you can lean in or lean out as you choose. All right. So thank you for the question. Great question. Really, really good question. So that ties into the episode, which is about selling. I am, of course, going to pass the mic to you. This is one of Jill's, I would say this is like, in my mind, this is Jill's expertise. Jill can sell. And I say that, and part of me is like, I immediately need to say, but not in a sleazy way. And it's not to put qualifi you know, qualifiers on it, but like, I don't know who listens to the podcast. Maybe never heard of Jill. And as soon as you hear the word selling, you're like, oh, it's bad, a salesman. What do you say to folks, Jill, especially your beginners mm -hmm. or just anyone kind of mindset -y that's sure. like, I hate selling? What do you say? Right. So first of all, uh, like a, f a few things here. Number one, chances are you hate selling because you're not good at it. I mean, at the end of the day, we like things that we're good at. In fact, a lot of our legacy students, by the mm -hmm. time they graduate, they're like, I love launching. Mm -hmm. It's so fun. Like, because they see it as some, a, a skill, right? So if you've just said to yourself things like, I hate selling, or I'm bad at selling, or selling is gross, or it's annoying to my audience or whatever, uh, chances are you're just not good at it yet. And, and that's okay. That's part of the process of getting better at this skill. I will actually challenge what Maestro said, Yes, I, I think when we talk about selling specifically, we're talking about that period of time when the cart is open. But what I want you guys to start to think about is that selling actually happens way before the cart opens. And when Shantae says that this is my thing, maybe she's talking to, I know you're talking about like when the cart is open, but here's the cool thing about selling y'all. 
so much stuff happens and so much of the success of a launch happens before the door is even open. So for a lot of times, like, you know, you guys are listening to this podcast, maybe you listen to part one, part two, part three, maybe you're on the interest list for legacy. Maybe you're thinking about coming to the open house. Maybe you've been listening to this podcast for years, or you've been following Shantae or myself for years. Y'all, all of that's part of the process of eventually deciding if you want to join us for legacy. So we'll technically have the doors open for legacy for five or six days, but so much of the people who will end up joining us will have probably made the decision to work with us way before the cards open. And so I want to kind of remind you guys that when we talk about selling, really we're talking about building relationships. We're talking about building relationships like, you know, weeks out, months out, years out. I just um, finished our, we just had our biggest launch at Jill Fit ever with our most recent FBA launch. And yeah, we had our, our doors open for four days. Y'all, we, we, Basically, you know, we ask people to make a decision. There's a deadline. We have people make a decision within four days, but we had a ton of people who have been following for years. And so, and we had done this, we had actually launched this previously earlier in the year. We had a lot of new people come into our community as part of the launch earlier in the year, did not purchase, but then spent the next six months with me, getting my emails, following on social, listening to the podcast, and then they purchased this time. And so I want you guys, instead of thinking about selling as like this disgusting, gross, give me money, I'm greedy, I'm going to take your money. Also remember that people like buying things. Y'all, people like buying things. And it's a win-win for everyone when someone is literally excited to buy your thing and you know for a fact you can help them. Why would you deny someone the opportunity to put themselves on the hook for a transformation. When we launch FBA, I'm not in people's homes being like, so you got to press that buy button. Let's go lady. Like, what do you click? I'm I'm not even like, you know, (laughs) like to me, it's not about that. People are like, I just purchased. I'm so fucking excited. So why would we feel bad about selling when someone is literally thanking you for making a product available to them? People are literally saying, thank you for letting me give you hundreds or thousands of dollars then we have to look at that evidence. So you can't just make up in your mind this idea that selling's gross when when the reality is people love buying stuff and people, you know, people like buying better than than buying stuff, getting a transformation. (laughs) And to me, when you put skin in the game, whether that's time, money, effort, energy, and actual dollars, that's when you really get the transformation. So why would I, why would I ever deny someone the opportunity to change their life? And that's literally how I see it. Maybe that sounds used car salesman to you, or maybe that sounds a little bit shady to you, but an honest salesperson like Shantae or myself or anyone who's selling something, maybe you're listening to this, it should be a win-win for everybody. In fact, if you're talking to someone or you're in a in a funnel of some kind or you're in a sales situation as the potential buyer and you're feeling shame or guilt or coerced or someone's telling you uh making you feel bad for not being so ready to purchase fucking run run, y'all that stuff doesn't even work anyway so the idea that if you're gonna sell you have to completely change your personality into like a snake oil salesman that's that shit doesn't even work anyway, right? People can see through the super cheesy, we're slashing <laughs> prices. Come on down to the lot today. Like that's not what selling is. Selling is organic start to finish. It's transparency start to finish. It's win-win start to finish. And it's the way we level up. Absolutely. I love literally everything that Jill said in there. And one of the things I, that I'm thinking of as she's saying this, my guy, Sean Pastuch, 
has mentioned this because Jill's talking about when you're when you sell with integrity, right? And that's kind of the word that triggered. My guy Sean Pastouche was talking about this the other day on I don't know maybe his Instagram something like that. But this concept, this this idea of imposter syndrome. I fucking hate talking about it, but we're going to talk about it. I bring it up, and I hate talking about it. But one of the things that we see with imposter syndrome is that perhaps a better name for it, depending on the person, might be that you have an integrity issue where you're like, I don't feel that this is in my integrity to sell this thing because I don't know if I can get a result for someone. That's fair, y'all. You just fucking started out. One of the things that Jill said about you know our legacy folks is that as they go through the program and they they get the skill, they, they acquire the skill set of you know the transaction, right? They we're all we're also working on the relational side of things. We're working on what happens before, right? Because legacy is six months long, right? And like Jill said, the success of any launch is determined by what you're doing six months, click six plus months beforehand. So folks in legacy develop that skill set, but they also get people through their program, and and they get people through their programs, they get results, and then they have belief. They're like, oh, this thing is good. I thought it was good, but like I wasn't 100% sure because I'd only taken like myself through it and like, you know, a handful of other people. But suddenly they've taken 20 people through it, 30 people through it, 40 people through it, it you know, it compounds. And then you have this conviction. And you're like, yes, I can get people through. I can get people results. And suddenly selling feels a whole lot different to you. Right? I was going to say selling becomes easier. It does. But if I, the thing that's more important is that it will feel different to you. Because you're just like, hey, I have this thing, and if you want it and you want what's on the other side of it, cool. Would love to have you be a part of it. If you don't, that's also fine. My guess is that a lot of people, like Jill said, have been exposed, have been on the receiving end of like really grimy tactics. Cool part, you don't have to sell like that. You don't have to show up like that. You don't have to be an online business like that. You get to choose what you do. And you're the and you're the one who actually said was this first time I've heard it. How they reach you is what they will yeah. teach you, and it always surprises me how many people purchase based on or enroll in something based on a sales call where the person is saying all the right things. So, for example, let's say you're scrolling on social media and you see someone who's like, "Hey, coach, do you want to triple your revenue in the next ninety days?" And you're like, "Yes, I do." And you click on the ad, and you know it sets you up with some kind of calendar link, and then you get on a sales call. You don't know this person, you don't have a relationship with this person. They just said the right thing to get you hooked in. They spoke directly to your insecurities, spoke directly to your desire, you get on the phone with that person, no relationship. And they're like, so tell me about your business. And then they start going into like, well, you know, if you really want to change your life, then there's no way you have to invest in like what you think you're going to be like. And they start doing all these, sometimes it can feel like these shame inducing, um, feelings of like, almost like they, they, and they teach this in certain schools of thought, like get people to doubt themselves, get people to, get them to a vulnerable place, push on their pain points to the mm-hmm. point where they're almost like, I've even heard people say, if they cry, they buy. Damn. So That's for example, funny. if you get in a situation like that, you might purchase because you're like, this person just thinks, I mean, I'm, I'm just not going to ever be successful if I don't do this thing. Cause that's the goal of the sales call is to get them to think that this is the only one right way to do something. So then you purchase it. And then what do you think you're going to be Same doing? Shit, man. That's what they're going to teach you. You're going to be doing sales calls just like that with that script. So you have to filter it through. Could I see myself launching like that? You know, and one of the best things about legacy, 
and just to obviously like you guys know, like we're being fully transparent mm -hmm. with you guys. We're talking about legacy mm -hmm. a lot. We're, you know, we're, we're really trying to get you guys to see if it's going to be a right fit for you. Not that you need to do it, but if it's a right fit. And part of legacy is like, we want you to feel good selling. We want you to believe in what you're selling. And we also want you to be in abundance. If you're on a sales call with someone and you're having to like overcome objections and, and you have a script that you're working from and stuff, all of a sudden this is not feeling good. All of a sudden you're just like, I don't like this. And how do you think you're going to show up to those sales calls or sales situations when you don't like it or you're dreading it even? And so many people, I don't want to say fall for this because I don't want you to feel bad if this has happened to you, but like that's, so I would probably say if you're in a sales situation, look at the energy of what's happening and ask yourself, do I like this kind of selling energy? And could I see myself recreating this in my own way? And that really is how you could vet a potential business coach or a potential business yes. mentor is like, how did they reach me? And that's what they're going to yes. teach me. Jill, can you back it up a second? And I'd love to hear, uh, you spoke briefly, FBA recent launch, four days. Can you talk a little bit about the evolution of how long you keep the card open? Because we also see people that are like, I sell for one, one month. Exactly. One month. And I'm yeah. like, what? Are so you dead? Long. So can you talk about that? Yeah. And I understand the psychology behind wanting to keep the card open for a long time because there's this idea. And I, I do want to validate this in a way, especially for my more beginner students. When I say I launch for four days or the card is open for four days, that's probably two weeks of promotion like just crunched into four days. It's a lot. And it's what I consider to be a more advanced way of selling because you have to do a lot. So I have, you know, I have an executive team of five people. Like we have all hands on deck. We call it Super Bowl week because we're like everyone's hands on deck. And so that's all we do. Everyone on the team works like 60 hours a week, but just during that week. And we do that twice a year. And so for us, if you are like, it's just me and I'm kind of new and I have three kids and I, you know, and you, you're just going to have to decompress the launch a little bit because you won't be able to have as many touch points in four days as someone like I could. And so I actually teach and we teach this in legacy. We teach the 11 day launch formula. And this seems to be the sweet spot for most of our clients because it's enough time to educate, to two, do two things. Number one, educate on what the offer is. That takes time. People are like, what is this thing? You posted it one time. A lot of people aren't going to purchase right away because they're just like, okay, what is it? They're going to maybe open the email. Maybe they're going to click on the link, open the sales page. They're going to see the sales page is long and they're mm -hmm. like, okay, I'll come <laughs> back to this later, right? There's going to be an evolution of things that need to happen. They need to see it maybe a couple more times. They need to read another post about it. They need to see some uh, you know, uh, success stories. They need to see some case studies and testimonials. So this is a process. The, the first half of the launch really is just educating people on what the offer is. It's brand new with the visibility issues on social media and stuff like that and, and email market, depending on what your open rates are, right? Like we don't know that everyone's going to be seeing every yeah. single piece of content. The second half of the launch is now closing the sale. First half of the launch is educating, right? You're teaching on what it is. You're, you know, you're presenting what we call companion content. There's maybe some education in there. There's some insights in there. There's some stories in there with the call to action to be to go to the sales page. And the second half is like shit or get off the pot. Second half of the launch is like, okay, now you know it. You've seen it. Now it's decision time. And so the reason why we have a little bit longer is because all of that's happening over that course. So I'll give you guys, so four days, I don't teach this, the four day card open, even to my mastermind students yet, because like I said, I do feel like it's a little mm -hmm. bit more advanced. We do 22 social media posts in four days. 
We do 21 emails in four days. We do not teach that in legacy, y'all. So if you're like already (laughs) freaking out, like I barely send one email a day, don't worry about it. We're not going to, I'm not going to ask you to do that. Our, our clients have really successful launches sending like one email a day, posting once or twice on social y'all. It's going to be completely doable for you. But we, but think about like the four day card open is kind of like, you know, the 11 day on steroids. So I don't necessarily recommend that quite yet. Um, but for the 11 days seems to be the sweet spot. Now, the key is this, and you say this quite a bit, there needs to be a deadline. Mm, mm. You know, it's not like we're, it's not high pressure sales. It's not like I'm going to be mad at you if you don't purchase, but I do want you to make a decision. If it's going to be no, make a no, That's right? Just let's close no. the loop, which is why I do think that launching for a month doesn't give people enough urgency, scarcity, or just heat to make a decision. I don't care if decision is no, make a decision. Yeah. So I think that a, a month is too long. And honestly, it's going to exhaust exactly. you as well. I, I like launching in this way because it feels like interval training. It's push that hard, is really rest jail. hard, push hard, rest that is really hard. Jail. If you're hearing that and you're like, but I like steady state cardio, then you need, then maybe evergreens for you. I'm going to say, no, don't do that. <laughs> so this was me thinking I, that's how I'm built. I'm like, yeah, I could just like keep going. I prefer like to be here, but the, what you're going to be here for in this steady state is giving. You're going to give like that all fucking year. And just be like, I'm giving, I'm creating, it's the best. And then you're going to have short bursts and you will be so fucking grateful that you put boundaries and parameters on this thing that you only have to be quote unquote selling and promoting in this way and asking for the sale or asking for the transaction for this short amount of time. Like I've, we've gone through it a zillion times. I tend to like with my one-on-one clients, I tend to get a lot of people that are creators more and they're just, I want to create. And I'm like, me too, but also you need money. So when we go to sell things, let's just put this, these confines on it, not just for the audience folks, but for you, it will help you out. It allows you to show up better. One of the things that I see with this, also see with this demographic, which maybe is you listening to this, is what I call maybe marketing. And they're like, well, maybe if I leave it open, like someone will see it. There's like one person. No, no. Let's go and put parameters on it and make sure that people see it because we're doing the most that we can within our capacity. And then when it's closed, it's closed. And guess what? You're going to run that shit again in however many months or in the next quarter, you know, two quarters away from that. And then you'll get the, the people in then. So it is, go ahead. Yeah. And I, you know, and here's the thing too, is I like selling, but I don't want to sell mm-hmm. all the time. So if you have, I kind of think about it in terms of like catabolic and anabolic phases in your business. So the majority of the time, probably 90 plus percent of the time in your business is going to be anabolic phase. It's going to be building. It's me growing. It's me building your list, goodwill, relationships, like trust, all of that stuff, because you're giving, giving, giving so that you, I don't want to say earn the right, but in mm-hmm. a way earn yeah. the right to then ask, yeah. right. To then like at some point be like, Hey, if you want more, uh, then just what you're seeing on social, listening to this podcast, there's a chance to take the next step and you invite people to do that. Actually, someone messaged me yesterday and said, you know, what do you think about evergreen versus, so if, if you guys are listening, you don't know what that is. Evergreen just means something that's available all the time. So for example, Shantae has a maestro meeting and mm-hmm. people can go to her website at any time and enroll in one of those. She's not always actively promoting it, but you know, probably if she did on a poster, she might get a couple of, you know, bites and people probably come in, but she would probably get a lot more if she put some parameters in place. And she was like, Hey, I'm just posting, you know, Meister meeting only available for the next five days. Then it's not going to be available yep. until 2024. She would get a whole yep. much more sales, but she doesn't have the urgency about it. So someone asked me, and they said, what's better, evergreen, open all the time, or open and close cart launch? And one of the things they said, and I, my ears perked up, she said, um, the benefit of evergreen is you make more sales. Wow. 
And I was like, actually, no. no, you don't necessarily. I mean, you can if you have a huge ad budget and you have, you know, and you have uh, the what's it called, like the business tech sort of proficiency yeah. to tweak and yeah. A/B like, test sales totally pages and, yeah. and just a ton of stuff, it's right? It's totally a whole different, different business model. And she was like, you make more sales than what no. you don't, though. In fact, Objectively you don't. Pretend, you make a whole, you wait. And, and, but some people don't like the sort of ebb and flow of, you know, one month I make $20,000 and the next month I make $5,000. And so I don't know how else to say it, except you need to have good money management <laughs> to realize that. That's why I don't like monthly. There's nothing Bad. that irks my, me more. You know what I'm about I to do. say? When people are like, I need to make $10,000 a month. Are you at 10K months? And I'm like, that's such a fucking arbitrary number. Like, I had a client who, like, two days before the month was over, she's like, "I need to make ten thousand. I need to make two grand in two days." And why? I was like, "Why? Right? You don't have to. You don't have anything right now." So I like to look at revenue on a quarterly basis. And if I'm going to have a revenue goal, usually it's per quarter. And even that, I don't live and die by. Right? So you might have a month if you're going to be doing the launch model, like Shantae and I teach. You might have a month where you just absolutely have a huge launch and you have make a ton of money, and then maybe you make. I don't know, maybe you make 30% of that or 40% of that in the next two months while you're still back to building, back to building the goodwill and you're in that anabolic mode again. If you folks are listening around the edges there, what Jill was saying about this person comes to her, one, Jill's in her DMs answering things. No, take note of that. Number two, person comes in and is like, hey, this is my my thought. This is my problem. Jill's going to give it to you straight. We're both going to give it to you straight right? We're not trying to take your money. That's why it's a fucking free DM conversation. But there is, there is, if you're only looking at your own business and you're only looking at the things you want to be looking at, and you're only looking at the things that you want to be doing, then you may think that like, this is the way. But if you go to someone, Jill works with hundreds of people each month and has been doing this for, she actually just actually happy belated birthday, Jill fit 13 years, told you folks, she invented the the Instagram, she invented Instagram and the internet. (laughs) Jill has worked with, do the math on how many people that's been. You see patterns, you actually have objective data. So when this person comes in and is like, oh, you make more sales, we can think that. We know this. I know that we have a lot of people in this audience that are into fitness, into nutrition, things like that. We know that we as humans are horrendous, horrendous at guesstimating things, how much we're actually eating, how much we're walking, how much we're exercising, whatever. When we start tracking, we're like, oh, now I see. So oftentimes that happens with sales too. You think like, oh, I'm getting more. But if you actually were to write it down and then you'd have to do an experiment and try the other way, you'd say, oh, actually there's a difference there. With this, and this drives me crazy because I'm not like this. Put, put, look in the mirror and think about how you purchase things. Most folks are last minute Lucy's drives me crazy because I'm like first day Fred. I'm like, okay, so I don't need this thing right now. Can I'm like, can I get it yesterday? Great. So this is why putting boundaries on things is helpful for people. They are busy. Like Jill said, they open the email and they're like, this is kind of long. I don't know. I think I need it. But like, ah, my kid's yelling. I got a soccer practice. I got this other fucking thing. They're not seeing near, like we feel stuff. It's like, oh, everyone's seeing everything. And like, I'm bothering them. They're not seeing any of it. No one's seeing anything. And they need that, 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 notification like oh this thing is going away and that's when people buy the majority of people so think about you listening to this there's a good chance you buy that way as well so think about that within your own business and how you're creating opportunities for your people to buy from you i call that the what you touched upon i call it the attention differential and this is one of the hardest 
things in business, especially when you are launching. And in Legacy, we talk a lot about expectation management. Mm -hmm. We talk a lot about numbers. So you're really ready. There's this misconception, I believe, that internet business is so wild and it's so unpredictable and it's so uncertain and you never know what's happening. And, and what we do in legacy, not only do we help you get your, have your biggest launch ever, but we put, a, there's a lot of predictability. In fact, we just had, um, joy, who's uh, one of our students this year, she did a little like testimonial blurb for us. And she said like it, I get like business is predictable to me now. It's huge. So huge, people. we talk a lot about numbers and things like that to help you not feel so chaotic during your launch. But one of the things that does kind of come up and you mentioned it was this idea of the fact that because it's our sale and it's our product or service, it's all we're thinking about. Maybe it's something you've been preparing for weeks, if not months, you're getting ready for your launch. You're, you know, you're doing all these new things that you've never done before. It's feeling really like a lot. It's feeling a lot, like maybe it's feeling draining. And so you open the cart and you're like, okay, let's go. Let's see the sales come in. And Exactly what happens is what Shantae just said, which is that like they want to read it, they want to look at it, but life and they open it up and they keep their sales page, your sales page open on their browser all week long. And it's not until those last chance, last day, cart closing, closes in a couple hours, expires at midnight. When they start to see those messages, they're like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Let me go back and look at that, right? And so I literally will say, hey, if you've had the sales page <laughs> open on your browser all week long and people are like, how did you know? And, and that's one of the biggest challenges is the differential and attention. Your attention is all on this thing, right? Card is open. You're sitting there, uh, you know, refreshing your yeah. PayPal account and you're like, where are the sales? And I just posted <laughs> something. Surely they're coming. And what happens is launching is more like a, it's more like a slingshot. It's like the whole launch, you're sort of pulling it back like this. And then the last 36 hours, yep. you release it and it's like, boom. And all of your efforts, all of the cumulative efforts, the posts, the stories, the emails, everything comes to fruition on that last day. It's not uncommon for us mm -hmm. to do. We just did 40% of our sales in the last 16 hours of our launch. So you can imagine how those middle days might have felt to us. We were like... That's hopefully it. people are reading this shit, right? Like we're just, we're sitting there, we're just doing the thing. And that, so when I say that some of that's some of the, the most challenging parts of a launch is it, you're never in charge of when people buy all yeah. you can do is all the things, right? So we will literally, we lay out a template. Hey, do as much of this as you possibly can. The limit does not exist to how many posts, how many stories, whatever, go in, go hard, do as much as you possibly can know that you left it all on the field. And then the, the uh, launch ain't over till it's over. It's just not. And then we close cart and then, you know, Shantae and I teach you guys how to debrief and we do all that stuff to make it better next time. But it's, it's not linear. And that's one of the biggest challenges is it's all you can think about. And it's barely on the radar yeah, of barely. any of your clients. It's barely even scratching the surface barely. of where they're at. Barely. Barely. And when you, when you grasp that, it's a game changer, right? And for the people that are noticing, well, no, it's the fucking Dr. Seuss quote of those who mind don't matter or those who matter don't mind and those who mind don't matter, right? Like the people that, that notice it in a good way, they're going to be like, we don't care. Like, it's fine. We either want it or we don't. I get an email every day, sometimes two from Ramit. And I'm like, I'm like fuck this guy. Get out of here. Like, I signed up for your shit. Right. If I don't want it, I could unsubscribe. But also, I'm just like, this is not for me. It's totally fine. And I am noticing. Whereas majority of people are like, I'm fucking busy. I didn't even see that thing. I get a million emails. I'm not even checking my email. So 
remember that when you're selling. I will also say, we don't have this on our sales page. Uh, we talk about you, you know, getting your, having your biggest launch, introducing predictability, uh, building a legacy business. Like, this is not flash in the pan success. Uh, but I can promise you, we can promise you that you, if you are in le legacy, it means that we believe we can help. We know we, that we can help you. We know where you're at. You will never have a launch where no one buys. Like that's like mind boggling to me when people are like, I, I, I launched this thing and no one bought. And I'm like, what? Like you shouldn't have launched that thing. And this is not like judgment or shaming or anything like that. Whatever the caveats on it. There is strategy to this. There is predictability to this. And like we spoke about earlier about creating that container of interest and corralling people and being like, hey, do you want this? Will you buy it? I'm not going to make it till you've raised your hand and said, I will buy it. And then from there, we can think about typical conversion metrics and have a rough estimate of like how many people will buy. But it's never going to be zero because if that is the case, we will be like, you're not making that thing because no one wants it, right? So if that's been on your mind and you're thinking about launching, I can promise you with full certainty, you will not do a launch during legacy where no one buys. That's not, that's not a thing, right? Because we know the interest. We make sure that you have the interest. And like Jill was saying from the beginning, selling starts months and months and years before this, right? We will teach you that as well. Even if you don't sign for legacy, think about this, building that trust, having those relationships, having those conversations. And then when you go to launch, it's actually quite predictable and, and far easier than you think. Right? Big thing there. Um, I'm looking, go ahead. I think it's important to point out when we talk about selling too, that you and I do sell differently. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a really important point for anyone who may be thinking about joining us for legacy. You know, we're going to show you a couple of different iterations. And on, um, by the way, we have people who do it more your way and we have people who do it more my way. We have some people who do a combination of the two. So it's not going to be this like super formulaic. We're going to have to, we filter everything, you know, we filter everything through like, what's your, um, you know, what's your like mental, emotional bandwidth, yeah. <laughs> you know, like we're going to, we're going to look at what kind of launch is this. So, and, and Shante said at the very beginning, and this is very like sort of meta business lesson, the way we launch legacy is sort of what we call, I mean, it's a chill launch. Like you said, it's very like low stress for us because it is a more advanced container. And the ironic thing is that beginners or newer coaches or newer online business owners, they're the ones who are the most scared to invest because they've never invested before. And they're also the ones who need the most help, right? And so that's not to say we've all been a beginner. Those are the people who probably should be investing the most, and they're also the most reluctant and scared to invest. But people who are looking for a legacy, whether or not they've they've purchased from a coach before, they've had a most of them have had experiences with a coach before, but they know that this is sort of a non-negotiable thing that they would have to do to get to their next level. And I want to validate that not everyone has to get to the next level all the time. You know, you might have times, especially if we're talking about legacy business. Sometimes you're just cool coasting. Sometimes you're like, you know what, I'm actually good. And so you'll know when the time when you need to invest in mentorship or you have to go through or think about joining something like Legacy when you're like, I'm stuck. I don't know where to go from here. I feel like I've plateaued and I need an injection of strategy. And sometimes we don't know what we don't know. So we look around. We mentioned this, I think, on the last episode where you kind of look around and you're like, oh, is this hard? I've had a lot of people lately I've been talking to who are like, I've never had a coach and I just tried it on my own. And then they get into something like FBA or legacy and they're like, mind is blown. I'm like, how would you know how to do this? Right. But we don't know. We don't know. And so I will say that there's a lot of factors that go into how you launch. So when, when we help you launch, we have to ask, is this a front facing, like 
signature offer launch, that's going to look completely different than more of a backend launch, which would be something like for us, legacy, because it is more advanced. So Shantae's Instagram intensive, yep. that's her signature offer. For me, FBA, that's my signature offer. We have a lot of people come into legacy who have done one or both of those things because they know they're ready for the next step. So we don't have to spend our time talking about why investment is important. And we don't have to spend our time being like convincing or elucidating the value. It's like, hey, you either want it or you don't. You know us, you've been here, you've been listening, you're in our you know, environments, you're either ready or you're not. So I'm not, and I know you are too, we don't convince, right? It's about you deciding that you're ready. And so maybe you have something that's more of a backend launch. Maybe you have something that's like a membership that you're getting people into from a other program or a one-on-one -on -one thing or something like that. So there's a lot of different ways to sell. And we're going to share with you multiple different ways. And we're also not going to make you do the most. If the launch doesn't require you, do the most. <laughs> if it's going to be a chill launch, let's let it be Dad. chill. So many different options. I'm going to back it up for two seconds to what Jill said that that she and I sell differently. But we still sell within the same values and with integrity. So yes. that's the coolest part. If yes. you're listening to this and you're just like you have some sort of feels around selling, what I want you to take away from this is that there are a zillion ways to sell. And when I say a zillion ways, I mean strategy and tactics. And they can all be within your values. Right? Jill and I, the reasons, one of the reasons we work together and we work together so well is because we have like basically the exact same values. And we're thinking about that when we're talking, you know, when we're inviting people to, to legacy and who we're working with and how we're showing up and how we're, how we're encouraging that person to, to show up. Right. So something to think about there. Jill, what are our values? Do we, we um, haven't we gone over that, those? but actually say, where did we share that? I'm like, we just shared an email about that. Text yeah. Yeah. No, I hit you up and this is a little bit of a business lesson too. I hit Shantae up and I said, you know, we should, this is actually part of messaging. So in legacy, we do talk about messaging. Messaging is sort of it's the frame that you create to sell. So for example, it might be talking about someone's pain points. It might be talking about, when I say pain points, I don't mean like, you know, pressing up, making people feel bad. I mean, just like stating their current struggle or their current frustration it doesn't have to be this like massive misery. It's just like, what, are they, what problem do they want solved? And when we talk about that, it's like, what, at the end of the day, what are some of the values are a great way to segment out who's right for the container? You know, and so I said that to Shantae, I'm like, hey, what are your what are your personal values? So we can say, hey, these are the legacy values. You either are similar in the way you are or you're dissimilar in the way you are. And neither one is, is right or wrong. But knowing what your values is, is something we actually do in legacy. In the beginning. It's a great filtering tool for your clients. So I'll just give you a quick business lesson here. If you are selling and you're in the middle of a launch, you might want to do a post on your values and who you are as a person and what people can expect energetically when they work with you. So be unapologetic about, hey, this is exactly who I am. And I'm unapologetically looking for other people who are similar. Because if you are the same kind of person and you're like this energetically, then let's fucking go. We're going to make magic together. And if you're not, there's probably a better coach out there for you. And it's when I, even when I say that, you guys probably get, are getting a hit of like, wow, that's that's like really an abundant way to look at it. And it is. And that's where if you're selling, remember, y'all, we're not trying to sell everybody. We're trying to sell the right people. Like you don't want a, a pro, like a, the wrong no. client. And I'm not saying, I'm not gonna say a problem <laughs> client because there might not be a problem client for another coach. You don't want a wrong fit. 
you want to turn away people who are not a good fit. I promise you, you will absolutely regret taking someone in just because it's quote unquote money. So instead, when you say, hey, here are my values, that is number one, really compelling. That messaging alone is compelling. People go, oh, she's just owns it. You know, she knows who she is. She knows who she's looking for and she doesn't need every single sale. She's looking for the right sale. And so I would encourage you to either have an email or a post that, that talks about your own values. And so I hit up Shantae. I don't know if you're yeah, able to find it. it. And I said like, what are our, what is the legacy? Values? She sent me a voice note. Jill's the only person that's allowed to do that. Uh, she said, cause she speaks quickly. Like I can't with the slow speaking. I can't, although I know the iOS update, you could speed <laughs> it up, but before you couldn't, and I was like, I can't, but Jill speaks quickly, but she hit me up and this was part of, I want to just like, take it back a second. I love of this side of, we'll say of selling, of running a business. I love the uh, marketing side of the messaging side. I love the copywriting side in terms of telling a story and what are we trying to make people feel? What would we like for people to feel? What are we trying to convey? And so with this, Jill and I were talking about, this is an email that we were going to send out, uh, I think to folks that were on the, on the wait list. And the whole thing was, hey, we want to show people this is what we're about. Right? That's the the feel, the tone of the, the email, the theme. This is what we're about. If it resonates, we'd love to have you join us. If not, we're not here to convince you. So that's why Jill was like, hey, what are your values? And I wrote down competency, action, integrity, self-trust, and authenticity. And I was like, I know action, like, that's not a value, but action taking whatever you want to do to, like, make it into verb, whatever. That is, those are my values. And then Jill wrote back. L-O-L-O, L, looks exactly like the Jill Fit core values. And I just wrote back, duh, of course. Like, <laughs> of course it does. This is why we work so well together. Yep. This is why we, it was a no-brainer to work together. This is why it's been so easy to work together. This is why it continues to be you know, so good to work together because of those shared values. And when we are inviting people to join Legacy, that's what we're looking for. And yes, I can go to your fucking Instagram and I can tell. I can see. I can see what, those, what your values are. 100%. Uh, so if you're wondering, like, do we ask that as on, on the question on our intake? We actually do not. We could. But for me, I am like, I'm going to go see what you're doing because action expresses value. Action expresses priority. So. And this is also part of like when, if you guys listen to the second installment of business and bullshit, we talked about how to stand out. And one of the things we talked about there was this, this need the the fact that the space is becoming more sophisticated, which means that while there are more practitioners and coaches and trainers and professionals here looking for clients, there's also way more clients than there's ever been, which is a good problem, right? So but because of that, the client to, uh, to coach matching system is even more specific than it's ever been. So that's how someone may make the decision to work with you or not. It could be something as small as your values. You know, you might be saying the right things or whatever, but if you're like, Hey, um, you know, I have the thing that's going to help you have your biggest launch ever, but then their values mm -hmm. are off. You're like, okay, that's, that's a no for me. And so this is a service to give your audience this information so that they have all the information they need to make an informed choice. And that really is what selling is y'all. We talk about transparency marketing, start to finish, give people all of the information. That's why we're doing, like, we're literally doing an open house to be like, yes. come and get all the information all about legacy. Because we want you guys to be confident in your choice. We want you to make a confident choice. We want you to be excited about your enrollment. We never want you to feel like, I will never say like, hey, you're just never going to be successful if you don't take this next step. Like if anyone's saying that, run run, please run away. There's a million what? ways to arrive at success. But what's more important is 
do you feel a connection to your coach? Do you feel like you, this person gets you? Do you feel like you operate on the same way? Do you feel like if they live next to you, you guys would hang out on the porch and, you know, have a drink together? Like how connected do you feel? Because that's going to be the most important thing. Y'all, there are a lot of smart people out there. There's a lot of people who have made a lot of money who will be selling you whatever they did to make that money. And that may or may not be for you based on the person. You know, they can have the best funnel, the best system, the best hack, but if it's not a hell yes for you, then it's a no and it's not going to work. No. Immediate no. Trust your gut, folks. Lean into this. Like, you, you know. know. You know. You know. Like, you know it feels greasy. You know it feels icky. You know it feels out of alignment for you. And I fucking hate know. using words like that, but but you <laughs> do know. the V, Jill. That's a whole other <laughs> genre of business coach. <laughs> JB, I'm looking at the time. time. I got, I want to bookend this with the question uh, and bullshit, but the question actually, it makes sense. It ties into to what we've been saying. And actually, before I ask the question, I want to zoom out folks and, and hope that as you listen to this episode, first of all, the episodes go by so fast. It's so fun doing this with you. Like I'm going to go on a tangent. I talk about having a podcast. I think having a podcast is, is a business hack, but one, part of that hack is that you have to have guests on. Guest episodes can be tough. Not that, you know, talking is tough for me clearly, but you have to like make sure that you have the time for to do it. And then you're like, got to like know something about this person and carry the conversation. So it's a, it's a lot more energy than just like doing a solo episode. But from a growth perspective, you got to do guest episodes. This is not a guest episode. This is a joint episode. And I'm like, holy shit, we don't have enough time, Jill. We have to, <laughs> we have to cut it. We're doing the next episode. So it's been so fun doing this, but I want to bookend this, um, 30,000 foot view. This episode we talked was about selling. That was like our kind of theme. Hopefully what you took away was that we didn't talk that much specifically about selling because like Jill said, it's everything that happens outside of the actual transactional period. Like that is what's really, really important. And that's what we focused on unintentionally, but also because that's just how it is. That's the reality of selling, right? We spent like a small part. And also like just to be super meta, like y'all are in a sales situation right now. You're listening to this. This is part of a selling legacy, okay. this, this four-part sales series. situation. You're in a sales situation. <laughs> so you personally are in. Don't look behind you. Don't know who's there. We got you. You're in the sales situation now. Rope, roping you in. That's my JB. You're still not going to know what JB stands for, folks. You got to keep listening one day. I will share that with you. But the book ending here is the second question that we received, which was um, I'm just going to read the whole thing. Person said, So I'm driving and listening to your podcast with Jill Fit, and I had a question. Actually, I'm sorry, I'm going on a tangent. And I really see this when I do the editing of the podcast. I look at the transcript and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm all over the place. But someone wrote in, <laughs> someone DM'd, and they were using talk to text, and they were just like, Love the love the fit pod with you and Jason. Jesus Christ, this thing is writing Jason. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't delete it. They just sent it. And I was like, that's fucking hilarious. So they meant love, obviously, this podcast with Jill Fit. But the person wrote, so I'm driving and listening to your podcast with Jill Fit, and I have a question. I don't know if you want to address it here in a podcast. Not at all, but I was curious. Very kind how they phrased that. What is your definition of beginner, intermediate, or advanced business or people in the – I think that's four people in the online space? Are they hard metrics like number of followers or number of posts or years in the industry? Or are they softer metrics like how your business philosophy or outlook on life and business integration has evolved? Love it. Tossing it to you, announcer. 
Okay. So, I mean, there are, I don't really feel like these are super hard and fast. Although I will say from like a business perspective, if you are going to have different containers within your business, like if you have more, let's say fitness professionals listening to this and you have a specific program for beginners, you need to have qualifications for what would constitute a beginner. So maybe say like, Hey, you know, you've touched weights before, but maybe it's been at least a year since you've been consistent at the gym, right? That would be a qualification. And so when I think about beginner, intermediate, advanced business owner, there's not so many hard qualifications. However, I will say, and we can get into like maybe more intermediate plus, which is what legacy is. For beginners, I typically think of usually within and this isn't a hard rule, but usually within the first year or two of business. And I would say the biggest sort of hallmark of someone who is a beginner is, and by the way, you guys, beginners, intermediates, and advanced need all different things. Like from a business growth perspective, they need all different things. And I'll just run through those really quick. Beginner just needs to do anything. Like literally, they just need action taking. That's pretty much it. They need action taking and they consistency. And people are like, I don't know what to do. I'm anything. like, do anything. Actually just do anything. <laughs> um, typically beginners... And it's not a bad thing. Everyone starts as a beginner, by the way. A lot of beginners have a lot of mindset hangups. That's one of the biggest hallmarks of beginners because this is all new for you. You're learning at such a rapid pace. A lot of my students will say, it just, I don't want to miss a minute of FBA because I know there's going to be so much good stuff because they're learning a new language. I always talk about business like a new language. And so if you're a beginner, it's almost like drinking from a fire hose. There's so much, you don't really have any reference points. You're just like, what's important? What's not important? Everything feels really high stakes. And so you oftentimes will need a coach who can help you be more discerning on what's going to actually move the needle. And so, and also help you overcome some of the, the mindset you know, challenges that you're having, like imposter syndrome and, and comparisonitis and feeling not good enough and being scared to disappoint people or feeling judged or whatever those sort of things are so that you can actually just get out of your own way and just do the thing. And so I think beginners, that's one of the biggest hallmarks there. And just like insider little like secret, a lot of business coaches don't like working with beginners. And I've heard people say that all the time because they go, number one, they're cheap. <laughs> they're like, they don't spend money. And number two, they have a lot of these mindset challenges. So in a way, coaching a beginner, to me, I love coaching beginners because to me, like everything is everything. so new that like even the tiny, they're like, I posted on stories everything. and it's like, we celebrate every fucking thing. And it's, so, that's part is so fun to me, them really building their self efficacy and seeing what's possible. And everything is like so new and so, and scary, but really fun yeah. at the same time. Um, and you, but you do need a level of patience. I would say intermediates are kind of over those massive mindset challenges. They know they're good. They have tangible evidence. They've gotten results for people. They probably have something that they've launched before. They have a signature offer of some kind. They are an expert in what they do. They're not getting their certification right now. They have a philosophy that has been proven in some way, shape, or form. Um, and they just and so intermediates need strategy. That's the biggest thing they need. They've already been doing the thing. Like in, in legacy, y'all, we're not going to be like, so have you posted on social media this week? Like we're not going to ask that question. We assume that you're already doing the bare minimum to have an internet business. So a lot of what we focus on is like, hey, let's actually put strategy in place so this thing is just, we can blow this shit up. That's really what I feel like hallmark of um, intermediates need. And then I'll just finish with advanced and then we can get into legacy. Advanced students, they just need scaling. They need like, help. They need team. They need more butts and seats. They need paid traffic. They need a lot more of those kind of things. They have the basic strategy. They've had success. Maybe they've run the, the same program multiple times and they're really just ready to level up. They need help. They need to offload stuff. They need to delegate. They, they just have other things that they want to do and they probably want to get some of their time back. So those are the, the three big 
uh, sort of groupings. What, how do you break I it would down? say the exact same. I love that you have kind of demarcations there of what they need. And what one of the things that we're looking at with legacy is, yes, what they need. And maybe the bigger thing that we look at with the applications and, and looking on social is that mindset piece. That is a huge differentiator to me between beginner and intermediate or beginner and advanced. You can have people that have, quote unquote, from outward, like their metrics look like they're advanced. Maybe they're like making, apparently it looks like they're making a lot of money or they have a lot of followers or whatever. They have big numbers. But if the mindset piece isn't there, it is horrendous working with that person. I'm just going to say it, right? Because that foundational things of having overcome that, the mindset issues, having overcome uh, imposter syndrome and comparisonitis, they haven't done that. Oftentimes we see this with people that maybe had like really fast success where they just went viral or like they kind of, they have the pieces for During this. During the pandemic, yes. it was just like they, like everything they yes. touched turned to gold. Yes. And so like, again, not to fault these people, shame them, judge them, anything like that, but to me, they are still actually a beginner and we will recommend a different program, even though they'll be like, but I'm too advanced for that. And I'm like, but actually you're not because it is important that you have this foundation from the mindset because business, while it can be, uh, we can introduce some predictability to it. Like Jill said, maybe this month you make $10,000 and then next month it's 2000 or it's 25 and, and there's this ups and downs. If you can't manage that, you will suffer, not to struggle, you will suffer. And that is that's not what we want. That's not how you're going to build a, a legacy business. So one of the things we really harp on and that actually went out in the an email we just sent to the wait list is that differentiator and that differentiation and that we are looking for that person that has worked through that. Oftentimes we do see this kind of becoming an intermediate commensurate with time because if you've been in the game that long, you've dealt with that shit. You've experienced this. You've experienced some highs and lows. You understand you have to just keep going. You've maybe done some launches. It didn't necessarily go the way you wanted. And you learned how to get clinical with things and manage your emotions with things and, and stay, you know, more objective about things. So that is a, a big, big, big differentiator. And then, you know, rewind and hear what Jill said about the actual what they need from like a tactical perspective. I, I would love for you to talk about some of the reasons why or I, maybe like some people who we haven't taken on in legacy. I can name a couple right now. So one of the things we do look at, we of course look at your social because that's where probably you're the most active. And we don't look at your number of followers. It's not like really a huge consideration. We're not like, okay, this person, this person's 20,000 followers are automatically in. Shantae will really look at the engagement. She wants to know because she's the branding person and she is audience building and community building and does all of these things, great relationship building. She's going to look to people care what you're posting. She's going to look at like, is there a two-sided conversation? happening now it doesn't mean we're looking for 100 comments no, no, on a no. post but like you can tell do people actually care about this because if we don't have that foundation we might have to spend a little bit more time that building part. that because we're not confident that that, that we can help you get that. your biggest launch ever the second thing is we've had people apply who have had success only through paid traffic uh -huh. and we haven't we and it's sort of like this i call it like a duct tape business where you're like I have an ad that turns into takes them through like a funnel and then there's like this like countdown timer and like and look that's that's a different way of launching that's fine but that's more of like a numbers game that's more of like hey let's make it let's look at you know like the tech needs we work in a b mm -hmm. testing this and whatever and that's not our zone of genius to be honest like we can mm -hmm. talk about that and I have experience with evergreen funnels but that's probably not we're looking for people who really want to grow organically first and want to do this without ads first. Now we can talk about potentially sprinkling on paid traffic at some point, but we're we're not going to take on someone who has a completely different business model. And I'll just say my it's not my favorite, although we have had people in legacy like this. I think this is a harder um, 
this is a little bit harder business model is the like only high ticket one on one. So if you're coming in and all you have is high ticket one on one and you want more and you have maybe five coaches and you're trying to fill your coaches rosters and it's an evergreen offer. That's probably not, at least for me, I don't feel like that's my zone of genius. But if you're like, I want to transition into group and I want to start leveraging my time better and I want to like, I realize that I can't keep doing just one-on-one because I'm totally maxed out and I want to start moving into an open and closed cart launch model for a group program, then we can definitely help. I got anxiety when you said that model. (laughs) I don't like the the scarcity of no. of that business no. model. It is not, and then every month that person be stressed out. They're like, ah, oh, the beginning of the month's coming around, payroll's coming around. I got to find twenty more clients. I better to like put on a webinar to try and get people. Feel so responsible for all of their I coaches, can't. making sure their coaches rosters no. are up. And and look, I know that 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 is a business model for a lot of people. And I Jill started that way, but we after two years we phased out of that because it wasn't no. sustainable. No, no. I I hope that you two folks are listening to this. You're hearing that. At the end of the day, we want you to show up in a way that feels good for you and build a business in a way that feels good for you. And we are going to sell you and invite you to things that feel good for us, right? We're not going to be doing things that are out of integrity. We're not going to be like, oh, we could still get them in. And like, no, because that doesn't feel good. And we can't, we're not the best at helping you with that model. We're going to stay within our zones of genius. We really lean into the personal brand. If you want to go bigger than that, you can, but starting off with that personal brand, starting off with that organic model, and then, and then growing from there, very much seeing what the person in front of us needs. And if it's not a good fit, or you're not ready. We'll tell you. It's actually really funny. I had a call today with Fran who is in Jill's mastermind. I just did a one-off with her and Stacy. We we're just chatting and Fran. They're both. Legacy yes. Alums. Fran and Stacy were both in legacy. Uh, and they were talking, we were talking about the, uh, application, um, approach that we had. And Fran was like, yeah, I got turned away the first year. And I was like, I don't remember that, but yes, you did. Right. If the person's not ready, if they're not a fit, we're going to tell you. And we were just like, Hey, then she went into FBA, went through that, went into legacy is now in Jill's mastermind and she's fucking crushing it. Crushing. Chick is crushing it. Right. We're not here to just have transactions. We want you to succeed one of the things that Jill doesn't, in my opinion, talk about enough is how, what this means to her, what your success and what success, especially of female business owners means to her and why she continues to show up and do these things. And that's a big part of it. We're not just here like, ah, take your money and make a, make a transaction. We genuinely care. We have had some dudes who are, uh, get upset that we don't Um, take. I actually had a conversation with one today. He didn't get upset though. He was like, so still like not. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, we're not. Actually, this is a good point. We did have someone last year who we accepted into the program. And within the first month, she was like, I don't want to do business this way. And not because it was gross or greasy. She just didn't like yeah. being as like strategic as we were recommending she be. And she was like, I'd rather just do it her way. Yeah. Do what feels yeah. good. And I was like, yeah. cool. Like if you're just that person where you're just like, you know what? I just want to put it in my body and see yeah. how it feels. And, you know, I'm going to go with the flow and I'm going to go where the energy is and whatever. That's not us. I mean, there's a lot of business coaches that are great in that way. Like everything needs to be lined up perfectly for you to move through and it needs to feel good 100% of the time and aligned. Everything needs to feel like energetic, then, then that's fine. We're probably going to, there was a little bit more, at least for us, you know, we wanted her to be a little yeah. more strategic and like, she that's just not what resisted. I and so yeah, I think that, you know, how people leave you is very telling as well. And she was like, I think you're both great. 
And she's like, I'll recommend you still. She's like, but it's not a fit for me. And I'm like, to me, when we're thinking about referrals and, and word of mouth and growing a business, that's huge, right? We talked about this maybe on the third episode, the second, I don't know. I don't remember one of them where even if you cannot get someone the outcome that they initially came in for, if they know that you have their best intention at heart, they will still tell other people and you have still helped them in some way, shape or form. Ideally, yeah, you do get them the transformation, the outcome that they want, but a good member of this audience, physical therapist, you know, not every person is going to be like, I feel pain free and I'm better. Maybe you have to refer them. Maybe they, my God, I'm with you. I get surgery. They got to go to Anna and like have some voodoo done. I don't fucking know. But you having their best interest at heart, you're good. You're golden. They'll tell people about you. It, it ends in a very good way for all parties. So. Well, and I, I like that too, because it is open and honest communication, yeah. you know, when that person left and that, by the way, it's the only person who's ever left um legacy and she did in the first month she was just like she didn't blame us no. she was like y'all are great you know and so that that is telling too she was like i learned a shitload yeah. and i also learned that i don't, I don't do want to do business this oh. way yeah. so i am gonna wrap us up we're gonna do the bullshit first and then it's gonna be back to you bob so you can uh give us another <laughs> announcement and then we'll do the official wrap-up how does that sound sounds good Let's i'm guessing you didn't bring in bullshit i did Okay, nope. perfect. This is the teamwork <sighs> and I, I love it, right? <laughs> I love it. So today's You just stay thinking about shit way more than me. You just you guys know this. Shantae is a deep thinker, deep feeler. I'm just like, oh, what do I have to do in the next hour? Okay, fuck. All right, yep, I'm here. It's true. It's true. I write it in my phone. So this today's bullshit is I would love for you to tell us, and especially kind of the second part of this, what happened? The last time we rode our bikes to Venice. Oh, geez. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> the story. Even better. <laughs> Why are you embarrassed by the story? I want you to emphasize the second part when I was the vigilante. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is hilarious. But this is so on brand for you. I don't even know why I was surprised. So basically we used to go on bike rides. Neither one of us had e-bikes. And so we'd go like, you know, down the street a mile and then both of us got e-bikes. And so we're like, dude, let's cruise up to Venice, which is like miles away. It took us like an hour to get it. It took us an hour to get up there on an e-bike. So we get up there and we put our bikes up and y'all, I lived in Venice for two and a half years. If you've heard of Venice, California, it's wild mm -hmm. down there. Wild. It just is. And there's like massive homelessness. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's so eclectic. And it's, and when I was living there, I absolutely loved it. So many different types of people and cool things happen all the time, whatever. So anyway, we're at the boardwalk and we put our bikes up, uh, lock them up. And then I had my own lock and then Shantae no, had hers. Jill didn't have her own lock. And we go. No. <laughs> Back it up. Jill, first of all. Yeah, I no, did. No, they didn't. They, you didn't this time. Not that it would have mattered because they would have cut that one as well. But <laughs> They did but they cut, cut it. mine. They cut the actual one that I had. So just a timeout. <laughs> Jill be coming with a lock. Did I not even have Jill's a lock? Jill's lock with like a shoestring. Just like, got it. And I'm like, all right, I'll bring the lock. I have a U lock because I also came from New York City where I'm like, they fucking steal your shit in two seconds. So had a U lock. But if you've ever had one of those U locks, it comes with a second. It's not a chain. It's like it's like wire that you put so that they don't take your wheels. That's realistically what you use it for. So you lock your frame to something solid with the U-lock, and then you put this like metal chain through your wheels, especially if you have a quick release wheel, so they don't take your fucking wheels. So 
e-bikes are like the size of a car. So I'm like, I don't think I can fit both frames of the body on this U-lock and to the pole. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna put mine like that. I'm gonna put the U-lock, the chain through the other two bike, the other through her bike, through my bike. I can see the bikes. We ate fucking outside. I'm like, I can see them. We're fine. <laughs> so then we, I go, I'm going to go pay the check. I'm going to go inside and you go, okay, I'm going to go on like the bikes. And so then I'm in there waiting in line to pay the check and you're calling me. Yeah. And Emergency. I'm like, why are you calling me? So I pick it up I'm like, Hey, and I look outside, I can see you and you're right there at the bikes and you just go like this. Bike's gone. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube. No bike. The, tan- the chain was just dangling. My bike is gone. completely gone. <laughs> Fucking gone. And I was like. You go, your bike's gone. And I was like, what? It was just there. It was literally just Dude, there. Dude, it's gone. So, And so this is how different we are. I was like, damn, that sucks. <laughs> you know, okay, I'll just call an Uber really quick. You know, whatever. I'll figure it out. Shantae's like, no, we're going to make, we're going to check and see. There's like three buildings around here. One of them sur- surely has a camera. So we like hanging out at this place. I'm at this point. I'm just like, I want to go home. Like, I just want to go home. Like, I'm done with this situation. Yes. I'll buy a new one, whatever. And then Shantae goes, no, we're going to check this. So we actually get fucking footage. It's like 30 minutes later. We get footage from the hotel that's right there. They send it to us and we're sitting there watching it. And we literally see a dude come by, case the bike, like came by, checked it out. Same guy. And then it comes back like five minutes later, just cuts it little snip in and l- like within three literally, seconds, literally three seconds snips and then walks off with the bike. Like you wouldn't even notice. Wild. And then I was just like, God damn. So then I go, well, I don't know. We're not going to find this guy, right? Like there's no way we're going to find this guy. It's gone. We don't know. It's And so I'm like, well, let me call an Uber and I'll call like an Uber, you know, Excel or whatever. So we can stick your bike in there. And, you know, I don't want to make you ride home like an hour by yourself. And you go, no, I'll ride home alone. And I was like, what do you mean? You're like, no, I'm going to go check, check out, out, check it out. <laughs> I go, what are you going to check out? You go, I'm going to so go see if I can find that guy with your bike. And I was like, what are you talking about? There's like massive homeless camps around. What would you even I don't do know, if Jill, you fucking saw but it? I was going to look and then I was to decide in the moment. I would decide in the <laughs> you moment. You did. Dude, you're wild. Because I was just I like, yeah, I was like, yeah, come, just put the bike in the Uber. Let's it. go home. You go, no, I'm going to no, look. And you were driving around these homeless camps <laughs> looking for the green bike with a. So Jill's explaining it. With a basket Jill's on bike it. bike stands out. Jill has literally, it's like a turquoise bike. It's big. It's a cruiser. It's like a big fucking bike. It has a basket on it. And I'm like, that thing stands out. Also, the person who stole it, not looking like the person who you expect riding this bike. I'm going to go just do a little search. <laughs> just a little searchy search. I'm riding up. I'm going to go I'm check, check it, it out. <laughs> what are you checking out? You drive through the homeless camps of Venice. I was like, what were you going to do if you did? I was going to call someone, Jill. Find it. I was going to call someone. Yeah, no. But I didn't find it. But So anyway, I did file a pre-support. That did not do anything. Went home, immediately ordered a new bike. Problem solved. Ordered a task, grab it to put it together. <laughs> and now we uh, now we and have but I will not make that mistake. She got a lock. Again. She got. She immediately was I like, "Wait, which lock. lock should I order?" And I was like, "You need to get this U lock because the <laughs> string isn't cutting it." <laughs> you know what, man? I really appreciate how long you stick with problems. <laughs> the second something is inconvenient, I'm like, "Okay, you gotta go." Just riding around, Hi. went up the, <laughs> under the bridge. Like, like ah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't find it. Didn't find oh, it. Didn't man. find it. 
Well, you know what? It really made me feel loved and, and cared for when you wanted to find the footage and you wanted to Dude, go search Venice. I wanted to say to, for the we bike. got the footage. We went to two places, actually. Let me know if you find it. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> In an Uber. <laughs> yeah, you're wild, man. What are you doing? Well, I felt bad. So, because I was looking at the, we strategically sat outside. It wasn't your but still, fault. I was like, you we sat outside bad. so we could see. But I couldn't see because the bike was, Jill was between me and the bikes. And so it happened like we were outside and I was just like, oh my gosh. Either way, I didn't find him and I hope that bike served somebody who needed it. Yeah, I'm sure helped somebody get around. (laughs) Anyway, we'll make that mistake again. Lesson learned. There are consequences. (laughs) The bike. To go on a Venice. That's my third bike stolen though. Venice. Venice though. It's Venice. People come here and they're like, can we go to Venice? And I'm like, if you want to get mugged, I'm not going up there. We're staying down here. We're staying in the South Bay. I'm not. I run on one vigilante run. I'm done. All right. Back to you, Bob. Give me the closer, closure, the reminder, and then I'll wrap this up. Cool. So last thing for you guys is if you do want to get more information about legacy and you want to be the first to know the details, we are going to be sending you some details coming up here soon. So make sure you get on the interest list. That's probably the most important thing to do is go to jillfitfree.com forward slash legacy dash waitlist. Um, and then of course, if you guys want to come to our live uh, open house, the link is in the bio as well. jillfitfree.com forward slash launch 2020. 24. To get all the details, it's just basically an info page uh, because we will be giving out all the information at the open house. So can't wait to see you, hear more about you and your business, and uh, talk shop. It'll be good. Uh, amazing. Going to say thank you on behalf of both Jill and myself for hanging with us these past, well, we'll say four because this episode's done, these past four episodes for this little experiment that we ran. Uh, there's clearly a very good chance that it will become a full-time thing as its own show. It's not going to be a segment on our shows already. It's just, that's too confusing, people. Separate the things there. Uh, so it would be its own show. There's a very good chance that it will come to fruition. But as always, Jill and I, we don't half-ass anything. So we'll wait until we have the things in place for that and we'll launch that. But you got all the links. Everything is in the show notes. We are endlessly, endlessly, endlessly appreciative for your time. We know you could have been doing anything and you chose to listen to us. And for that, we are both endlessly, endlessly, endlessly appreciative. All right. All right. Until next time, friends, Jill Fit and Maestro. Maestro.